This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, we are joined by a very special guest as the Phillies get ready to enter. Uh, what they hope there's a long playoff run and the fans as well. The man who covers the fills for MLB.com been covering Major League Baseball for a lot of years. The great Todd Zalecki joins us. Hello, Todd. Hi, how are you? Doing good. Uh, all right, so your serious season starts, but uh, let's uh, since we're doing this uh, on Friday at noonish, we got some news the Phillies have postponed the game tonight, so they'll play a single emission double header on Saturday, and I'm curious to know what uh, what that does to the pitching staff here as they get ready to enter that first series. Yeah, it, it, well, it really kind of complicates things for Rob Thompson because he has talked about these last three games really being judicious and how he uses his pitching to make sure that everybody gets the work they need to stay sharp but also gets the rest they need so when game one hits – no matter what happens, uh, it could be an 18-inning game, whatever, they are rested and ready to go to pitch effectively. So now you have back-to-back games on Saturday. They can call up an extra pitcher uh, on Saturday for that. So hopefully I, I would think it would be somebody that can give them a lot of length or preferably a lot of length so you can eat up some of those those 18 innings that way. Uh, all right. So, yeah, they have to get 18 innings out of a pitching staff or games that really don't, don't mean anything to them. So – uh, let's look at, at, at this team right now uh, as they go into the playoffs, uh, playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, what's different about this team going into this year than last year that, that you can see? Well, I mean, certainly they have the postseason experience, but I, for me, two things. I think the lineup is a lot deeper and a lot better. Um, you know, you have Trey Turner in there. Um as opposed to, you know, you know, just uh, Stott and, and, and Gene Segura. And Segura. That, that's, yeah, that's an upgrade. Gene Segura, you know, he had a couple big hits in the postseason last year, but people also forget he didn't have anything, any other production besides that. Uh, I think that the bullpen is better. You know, I, I think back to last postseason, you know, you had Zach Eflin, converted starter. He was going to pitch the ninth, eighth, ninth inning. You had Sir Anthony Dominguez and you had Jose Alvarado. And it was so kind of spotty that they felt compelled to use Ranger Suarez in a couple spots. I don't think it's as urgent of a situation right now. Kimbrell has been shaky for the last few weeks. You know, he's kind of walked the high wire, the high wire uh, the past few weeks. But I think Alvarado's thrown the ball really well. Kimbrell has been okay, even though he's been a little shaky. Um Matt Strom has been good. You know, Orion Kirkering, I think, could pick up some big innings. You know, Gregory Soto against lefties has been dominant. Righties, not so much, but maybe they can find a good pocket for them. So I, I, I think the bullpen sets up better. And uh, now what you need is Aaron Nola, who's pitched well his last two starts. Maybe he's found something to keep that, keep that rolling as well. 
Yeah, they're, they're lefties. Uh, the numbers, uh, lefty versus lefty, and it's probably why they'll, they'll go matchups uh, instead of having a defined closer, uh, which Thompson alluded to, and I think it's a good idea. Uh, righties, though, um, Hoffman's been great against them. Um, will Kirkering be another guy that they use against the right-handers? Yeah, I think so. Well, yes, I think so. It's going to be interesting to see how much they throw him into the fire because Rob Thompson, after uh, Kirkering's debut on Sunday, the next day we asked him, or Tuesday we asked him, you know, what, what do you think? And he's like, do you need, how much more do you need to see? He's like, I have, I have seen enough. <laughs> uh, I think he can handle it. I think he didn't break a sweat. It didn't seem like anything bothered him. And then he pitched a couple nights ago and he had a pitch timer violation. He had a couple runners on base and he's like, he did not seem rattled at all. Now, does that mean, you know, one run lead in the seventh inning in game one on Tuesday, a couple right-handed batters are coming up. Kirkering's the first guy, probably not, but they seem to be pretty confident in his ability to get outs. To me, what's going to be interesting about Kirkering is if there's a spot in this series or moving forward where you go, this should be Sir Anthony Dominguez's spot. Is it Dominguez or or is it Kirkering? It might be Kirkering. It's that that's really interesting, and uh, you know they may have to go that way because um, uh, Sir Anthony has just not been consistent. They're not getting swings and misses and, and all that kind of thing. So let's look at this series now, the first series. So they're going to have to pitch Gallon tonight. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. They still need a win. So uh, Gallon has to pitch tonight. And if they don't win tonight, then Kelly has to pitch Saturday, right? Right. So that would wipe them out completely. Yeah, so now you'd have Zach Gallon pitching game two and and Merrill Kelly pitching game three. Uh, The game one starter, they don't really have a lot of great options for the game one starter. So that is a huge advantage for the Phillies. And that's why kind of going into this week after the Phillies clinched, you know, talking to some people, they're like, you either want – the best case scenario for the Phillies right now is for the Diamondbacks, Cubs, and Marlins to keep winning, or they just lose all the rest of their games to keep it really tight going into that final weekend. So not only do you have to use Zach Gallen and Kelly, but you also have to like maybe run out your best relief pitchers every game this weekend, you know, and now, now they're, they're a little bit more gassed going into game one on Tuesday. So, um, that's, if you're a Phillies fan right now, you're rooting, you're rooting for all those teams to keep winning or all those teams to keep losing. So they have to like empty all the bullets and the diamondbacks, you know, they're playing the Astros and the Astros are playing for something right now. So it's not like, ah, you know, they Astros are going to kind of pack it in They're They're playing for something as well. So they've got a lot of work cut out for them. All right. I, I think we can pretty much get, get past this first series with when you put everything together, at least on paper. So now uh, we get to the biggest series and um, you know, the Phillies at one point, I, I didn't think they, this was the year that they were going to beat the Braves. But the more I think about it and the way they're playing, uh, I mean, how do you see that matchup right now? I I think they're very evenly uh, matched up. And I know that Braves won the season series. But if you watched all of those games, they were all pretty close. Almost all of them were pretty close. The one guy that has dominated them is Spencer Strider. They have been unable to beat Spencer Strider. Now they beat him last year in the playoffs. It wasn't the... He hadn't pitched like in three, four weeks. It was not. It was not peak Spencer Strider. So, if they can get to him in one of those games, you know, if they, I, I like their chances. They're not scared of the Braves. 
the, the Phillies are a dangerous team. You get Wheeler dialed in and you get Nola dialed in. He pitched very well against the Braves a couple weekends ago. I think they can, I, I think they can win this series. And in talking to people at the ballpark from other teams over the past week, the Phillies are not a team that anybody wants to play. You know, it doesn't mean they don't think that they can beat the Phillies, but they're like, eh, I'd rather avoid the Phillies if I, if I possibly can, because what we mentioned earlier, Mike, like the super deep lineup, the bullpen is better and you have Wheeler and um, Nola at the top. And what the Phillies have that the Braves don't have is they have three legitimate guys that they could pick to start game three or a game three of a, of a five game series. They have Sanchez, they have Suarez and they have Taiwan Walker. The Braves are really beat up right now with Charlie Morton injured. They're thinking maybe Bryce Elder could pitch that game three. He hasn't pitched that well recently. So uh, for all those reasons, I, I, I like the Phillies' chances. And you get the Braves back to Citizen Bank Park, you know the fans are going to go nuts. Yeah. So speaking of Citizens Bank Park, and I tell you, of course, we're talking to Todd Zalecki. He covers the Phillies for MLB.com. Uh, so last night, um, Bryce explodes. We, we already know Angel Hernandez is horrendous. And, uh, you know, my opinion on it is that like, Bryce is too good of a player to get thrown out i know he's trying to make a statement i know everybody's thinking the same thing but the this is you adapting to the situation beautifully uh the camera catches you shooting down to the kid who gets bryce's helmet now you're, you're the first guy on the scene and i'm curious take me through that thought process and also when when the other phillies writers see you bolt down they were like what are, are they saying what's he doing like t- take me through that moment last night yeah so so they so they um you know, Harper goes ballistic, which, you know, like all of a sudden now you're like going from what am I going to write about today? The game literally means nothing right to a fans. And I go, oh, my gosh, Harper, Harper goes nuts. That's probably my, my story. Then he throws the helmet in the stands. Then I see this kid wearing it. And honestly, I mean, you guys know this, Mike, you know, Harper gets eyeballs. People want you can you can't write about Bryce Harper enough, just like you can't write about Jason Kelsey enough in the city. Right. And so that this happens, I see this kid wearing it. I'm going, I bet you if I go down there and I talk to that kid, a ton of people are going to read this story because that's all the people want to know. Who is this kid? What does he think about getting Bryce? Home? How did he get it? And so, uh, so I ran down there. I talked to the kid. He was great. His dad was great. It was, they, and they were, they were very personable. You know, the dad was talking about he had a head on the helmet. He said he knew he was going to lose this tug of war. He said like three or four other adult men came over and were grabbing at him. So he starts going. <laughs> give it to the kid, give it to the kid. And next thing you know, all these other people around start going, yeah, give it to the kid. So the dad was a genius because now all the, these other three or four adult men are going, am I going to be the creep? Like <laughs> takes a helmet away from a 10 year old boy. And so he gets the helmet, they give it to the kid. And uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to them. And yeah, it was funny because I didn't know they had me on TV. And then next thing you know, as I'm leaving this section, uh, another reporter was like, where is this kid? And then another reporter went down and then another reporter went down. But I knew it was going to be a popular story because I wrote something similar last year. Remember last year, um, Harper made that trade with a fan for that cap? Yeah. Uh, it was no joke. It was one of my most read stories of the year last year. <laughs> Other than the postseason, leading into the postseason, it was like maybe my third most read story. That just shows you the power that and the superstardom that that Bryce Harper has. So I'm like, this is a layup. You know, kid gets helmet. 
come on. It's, it, it, it was it was a fun story to write. Yeah, you, you, you beat you beat the TV people to the kids. <laughs> but, but I'm thinking to myself, like me thinking like a, a journalist has been in the press box going, uh, seeing the other guys, you lead the seat, and you did, and they go, oh, son of a bitch, where's Lecky going? I got to follow <laughs> That's kind of what it was in a sense, you know? Like I, I, I think like most people ended up going down and realizing, especially once the helmet got signed, you know, then it was like, you got to talk to the kid about about catching this out. That was the first little like funny aside to that was I was thinking like, when was the last time this has ever happened? And 20 years ago to the day, Kevin Millwood chucked his glove into the stands after getting pulled in the fifth inning. That was the last time I can remember a Phillies player throwing his equipment mid game into the stands 20 years ago to the day, the final game at the vet, he got booed coming off the mound. He had pitched poorly down the stretch and he chucked his, Chucked his glove in. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember him getting <laughs> booed. And, and, and he did it in, in, in anger, and 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 Bryce did it in anger. Not, not because, uh, just because that that's the way he wanted to express against Angel Hernandez. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think Angel Hernandez was paying attention, uh, and I think he just guessed. Uh, I don't. I think he was in a fog, and he, uh, it must have been a strike. <laughs> well, the most the funny thing, Mark. So after the game, we're talking to Bryce, and I said, uh, you know, did, did Angel say anything to you? And Bryce. Looked at me, and he goes, "Yes." Angel said to me, "When you see the replay, you'll know that you were wrong." <laughs> and the look <laughs> on my face to Bryce, my mouth—I literally dropped my mouth wide open. I was like, "I was like, he yeah. said that? Wow. That is unbelievable!" Because once he sees the replay, he's going to say that see that that was one of the worst check swing calls I think I've I've ever seen. He'll, but 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 Angel Hernandez will never admit it. He'll say the yeah. video is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what he'll say. Uh, Todd, listen, always a pleasure to talk to you, man. And uh, this is your busy season. Yeah. I know you you got to wait. I'm sure you got to write all these stories, uh, playoff preview stories, right? Yeah, I'm working on one right now, just like looking at Zach Wheeler's, you know, four first four years in Philly, and is he the greatest free agent pitching signing in Philly's history? He probably is, and and he's going game one, so Philly's like their chances. Sounds good. Todd, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Mike Bissinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.